Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Hold Up, Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Nicole. And on today's episode, I wanted to talk about advice I'm glad I took. Now, if you remember from my season one, I did an episode on advice I'm glad I never took. And um, I just wanted to switch it up a little bit on the topic. But if you are interested on the advice, I'm glad I never took. Go on to my season one episodes and click on it. It's actually one of my most listened and downloaded episode out of all the episodes I have posted. So I figure, okay, why don't I now just give up the advice I'm glad I did take and kind of just see how you guys respond to that. So I do want to kind of preface that not every piece of advice is a one size fit all. I understand that, you know, one of the advice that I was given that I'm glad I didn't take only because I don't really think it applied to me was that when I was struggling with my anxiety early on, I had my I had people kind of just say, oh, you should just smoke a blunt and relax. And although I know that there are people out there that really do benefit from that, I for one was not someone who did. So Again, you know, the advice I was given that I took that I benefited from, again, is not a one size fit all, but I hope that it resonates with you in some degree and, you know, you can kind of take it with you or maybe just give it to another person that it might help. So let's get into it. So I have my glass of Sauvignon Blanc with some ice cubes. Listen, as a server, low-key, I judge girls who drink white wine with ice cubes. Okay, just, just let me explain. The reason why I have ice cubes in my Chardonnay glass, no, it's not Chardonnay, I'm sorry, Sauvignon Blanc, is because um, I forgot to put the wine bottle in the refrigerator, therefore I needed my wine to be chilled, which is why I added some ice cubes. Okay, so don't come for me, all right, relax, let's move on. Okay, let me just get a little set. Oh God, I just spilled some on me. I'm not even drunk. Okay, cute, let's get started. <clears throat> so, advice I'm glad I took. One. You'll do it when you're ready. Okay, that's that's the advice, my friends. You'll do it when you're ready. I can't remember exactly who gave me the advice. I don't know if it was my sister. I don't know if it was an older person that I was having a random conversation with or if it was something that I sort of like saw in a movie. I do... I do take what I can get, whether it's from podcasts, articles I read, movies that I've seen, songs that I listen to. Um, I look at everything as a sign or I take it, you know, with me that I might apply to the future. Um, But you'll do it when you're ready is something that I definitely live by and that I try to stay true to. And this could go for anything. It could go for, you know, going back to school, having kids, you know, switching job industries or even in a relationship. And I took this advice when I was in a relationship. Now, I've been in so many different relationships. If you've heard enough of my podcast episodes, you'll know that I've been in my fair share of relationships and situationships. Okay. A single girl in her 20s, it's not a fun time, all right? But 
a lot of times I found myself in really fucked up relationships and situations. And a lot of the times, anytime I would vent to my friends about my situation and whatever relationship I was in, they would always tell me things like, oh, well, you need to just leave him. I can't believe you're still with him. You know, you're stupid. What did you expect? You know, I would get judged. I would get, you know, talked down to because of the choices I've made. And, you know, at the end of the day, no one is ever going to know what it's like unless they are in a situation that is similar to yours or just in general, which is why anytime my friends come to me and they vent to me about what they're going through, I always keep an open heart because for one, I could understand. And even if I don't, I don't judge because I don't know what it's like. <clears throat> but one thing that I've always told myself to kind of like make it better for myself is that, you know, when I am ready to leave, I will leave. I will do it when I'm ready. Because a lot of times is if I if I do it before I'm ready, I then find myself in a similar situation next go around, but probably even more fucked up. And because I don't want to be a wrong, because I don't want to be wrong about the situation, it ends up being a worse situation that I stay longer in eventually. Obviously, those choices come down to my own. It's not to blame anyone else. But if there's one thing I've learned as far as being in a relationship or being in a job or being, you know in a bind, you'll get out of it when you're ready, you'll do it when you're ready. And I feel like that's something that we also kind of need to remind ourselves with. Now, if your situation is like you're into drugs, or you're in an abusive relationship, obviously, those terms may not apply, you need to get out as fast as you can. You know, it's not a matter of when you're ready, it's a matter of ripping the bandaid and just doing it. But again, this is not a one size fit all type of advice. I just know that when it came to me, it made me feel better about the choices I made because <clears throat> it kind of just like reassured me that, you know what, it's okay to not have all the answers right now. And when I do find the strength, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And I think that's something that everyone should kind of take that take with them. In other words. Now, the second piece of advice that I'm glad I did take is live alone at least once. Now, I know it's kind of hard because if you're roommating, it's a way to save money. And if you do live alone and it's like really hard because it's always hard, especially now with inflation and housing market prices and all the prices kind of increasing. I know that living alone, if you're not living alone, is kind of like a scary thing to do. But if you get the chance, I think it's important for everyone to live at least to live alone at least once. So I lived with my mom for years before I gained the confidence to live out on my own. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I'm so sorry. I keep like clearing my voice. It's like every time I feel like I'm good, I feel the urge to clear it again. I apologize. So I remember I lived with my mom for years before I gained the confidence to live alone. And what I mean by gaining the confidence to live alone is because financially I was never that great. I was always broke, always saving my pennies. Like when I tell you, and I, I mean, I'm sorry for my male listeners if I have any, I was so broke at one point of my life that I used to wrap toilet paper as pads. Yeah, my friends. I was that broke once upon a time and that shit is not fun. So when I say by not gaining the confidence, it's only I say because I was so broke that 
I was afraid that if I couldn't afford my rent, that I would be homeless. Granted, I've always had friends and my mom to lean on, not financially, to be fair or to be honest, but just like I knew that I would never be technically homeless, but I just felt like, let's skip the drama. I'm not ready to move out on my own. I can't even afford pads right now. You know, like that's how bad it was for me at one point. But I remember the feeling I felt when I lived alone. I feel like it just really lit the fire up my ass to like really hustle, pull those doubles, pull those late shifts, hustle to pick up more shifts. I remember I would like go down the list, the schedule and just go one by one to every person at work. Hey, give me your shift. Hey, do you want to work? Are you sure you don't want a Saturday night off? Like, let me know. I'm here for you. Even let's say at the last minute, somebody could hit me up at two o'clock in the morning and say, hey, you still want that opening shift tomorrow? Yup release it to me, let's do it. Like I feel like it made me hustle to make sure that my rent was paid. And my rent was paid every fucking month. There was a time where I did fall short. And luckily, I did have friends that were there for me. But of course, I always made sure to pay them back. And I always made sure to make sure that I was good. So I know that living alone might seem a little scary and there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made when you make that decision. But when I tell you, I felt so good just being on my own, having my own place, having my own kitchen to cook whenever I wanted, to leave a dirty dish in there and not have anybody tell me shit about it, to be able to decorate and paint and have all my artwork on the wall and blast my music how, however loud I wanted it to be like that time was the best time. And I remember that year, I only traveled twice. And even like that, like, that was a lot. Because at the time, my rent was like over 1200, which is so funny to say out loud, because like, rent now is like $1,700 for like a one bedroom. And if you were to see my apartment, like, three years ago, it was fucking beautiful. (laughs) It was like high ceilings, hardwood floors, a big ass balcony. I had the top floor, like new appliances. Like my apartment was pretty big for a one bedroom and like just for me. Um, And if you are curious to see what that looks like or what that looked like, head on over to my website, www.nicoleasev.com under the article lessons I've learned or like what to remember when moving into your first apartment or some shit like that. And I have pictures posted of my apartment if you want to see what that looked like. But I loved my apartment. But yeah, it's a lot of sacrifices that you would have to make when living alone. I don't know if you've never lived alone before and you're afraid of like what that might feel like. The first month is always the scariest. Every little creak you hear, you think it's an intruder. It's kind of like very scary at first but once you get the hang of it it's like you cannot imagine living with other people ever again honestly but best advice you have to live alone at least once and it's something that i don't think anybody would ever regret okay so on to the next piece of advice that i've that i'm glad i did take and that is care, but never take it personal. Okay, let me explain. This is actually advice I've given myself, but I can't take all credit for it. It's kind of like a mix of advice and different words that I've heard other people say, like, 
you know, if somebody treats you a certain type of way, never think it's about yourself, like never think it's about you, you know, people that like talk bad to you only have issues about themselves, like that has nothing to do with you. So it's kind of like a jumble of like that concept that I've taken with me and sort of like reworded so that my own brain can understand. And that is to care, but never take it personal. And I do this with my job. Again, this advice is not a one size fit all, but it kind of applies to different areas. So what I mean by that is care, but never take it personal is more like, okay, so I work at a restaurant, right? And I feel like I've used this as this advice before when I was talking about servers, do's and don'ts. Now as a server, I work at a restaurant, right? So like anytime I have a guest come in, oftentimes a guest would be like, like very like attitude, very dry, kind of just like not really making any eye contact. And you know, my job is to read people too, you know, like anticipate their needs and just give them exceptional service. But you know, it's hard. It's also like a very emotional driven type of job. I have to be happy all the time. Even if let's say the guests are mean to me, I still have to take it with a grain of salt and just still cater to their needs regardless on how they treat me. And that's very emotionally exhausting. So but at the end of the day, my money is based on my tips. So if I don't make great tips, I don't make great money. And if I don't make great money, then I can't do the things I want to do. So it's it's hard. Not everybody can serve. The idea of serving is not hard, you know, getting an order, getting drinks, running food, making sure everybody has what they need. Sure, in a very linear steps of service, it's not a hard job. What makes it hard is the physical and emotional labor that is involved. That's the part that a lot of people can't do. It's not rocket science, but again, not a lot of people can do. So oftentimes I'll get a guest and like, I'll use this example, which I've used before. I had a woman one time, she came in, it was a party of five. It was her and her husband and her three children, literally probably all under the age of six. They were kids, toddlers, if you will. And the moment they were kind of like settling in at the table, I kind of did like a quick greet, like, hey, welcome to so-and-so. My name is Nicole, I'll be your server. And before I could even finish my spiel, the woman cuts me off and says, yeah, hi, five waters, please. And some bread. I know you have bread. Can you just bring bread? Like she was very dry, very kind of rude. Um, and normally when that happens, which happens pretty often, you know, a lot and servers talk about it all the time. It's like, okay, great. Off to a great start. You know, that's not my initial reaction, but oftentimes that kind of sets the tone on how the server will behave now with the guests. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. So you think that's acceptable. You think that disrespecting me is acceptable. Great. Well, now I'm just going to be like this with you because clearly you don't deserve to be respected since that's something you can't reciprocate. You know what I'm saying? So of course, then what happens? The server's a dick to the guest and then it's downhill from there. But instead of taking that personal thinking that she's disrespecting me because she doesn't respect my position in this dynamic, I look at everything from a different point of view. She's a mother to three children, her husband 
ain't doing shit to help. She's gathering them up to go wash their hands to the restroom. She's dropping all the book bags, setting up all the silverware for the kids, taking off the jackets, setting the gift bags to the side, while the husband's just sitting there looking at the menu, looking for his drink to have for the evening. While mom is over here juggling all these children, trying to get them to go to the restroom. She's tired, clearly came from the parks. Again, I work at Disney in case you forgot. And so I look at all of that and what I see now is I see a mom juggling three children stressed out of her mind trying to make it work at this very moment with no fucking help from her man. So of course she's she's a little aggravated, she's a little tense, she's probably hungry and thirsty and she's trying to get everybody settled before she could even think about what she wants to have for dinner. So instead I don't take it personal. I just nod my head and I say okay. And I go grab bread. I grab everybody water. So by the time I get to the table, she's finally sat. I give everybody their waters. I place the bread at the middle of the table. And then I say, all right, mama, are we ready for a drink? You look like you could use one. Do you want me to make any recommendations? And then in that moment, she goes, yes, what do you recommend? And just like that, the vibe is completely shifted. So in a moment, that literally had nothing to do with me, I decided I'm not going to take that personal. She acted a certain kind of way. That has nothing to do with me. She's clearly stressed out. She clearly has a lot going on. I'm a circle back and I'm a killer with kindness. And let me tell you, little mama, even though she was paying with her husband's credit card, definitely left me a nice little tip. So with that, that's where that advice applies. But it can also apply to anything else. It applies to my friends, even like my coworkers. Like I can be in a great mood. And then I see a coworker of mine just like slamming things, clearly upset about something. I can say, hey, are you okay? They could walk right past me without even acknowledging me. What do I choose? Do I choose to take that personal and make it about myself? Or do I just look at the situation and say, well, Clearly, they're going through something and I'm just not going to get involved. And there you go. Boom. It has nothing to do with me. So I think that it's important to care, but to never take it personal. Unless someone is literally directly telling you, I have a problem with you. I don't like you. Then then that's when you take it personal and you assist the situation. Other than that, Don't ever take it personal. Care, but don't ever take it personal. Don't always assume that a problem has anything to do with you. Unless it's directly being brought up to your attention, then by all means, assist the situation. But if not, you're good. So care, but never take it personal. And then the last piece of advice I'll just leave here is to travel. Travel. The money will always come. Now, advice I'm glad I took is to always travel. And I feel like I took that piece of advice quite literally all the time. Because you see, advice I'm glad I never took was that traveling can wait, go to school now. And I'm glad I didn't do that because even when I tried to do both, traveling always like seemed to win the battle between the two. And school never did. And I'm so glad that I waited to go to school until now. I mean, a part of me is like, damn, by the time I get my bachelor's, I'll be in my 30s. Like, I'll be 30 because it, I turned 30 this year, but I'm 
expected to graduate May of 2023. So I'll still be 30 turning 31. But by then I'll have my degree. And it's like, I think about that. And I'm like, damn, I'm gonna be 30 when I get my bachelor's about to be 31. But at the same time, it's like, I attempted to get my bachelor's in my early 20s. And clearly failed like I failed so many times I've never taken it seriously I even got kicked out of UCF like when I was attempting to get my bachelor's like it's been a it's been a fucking journey okay but for one thing for sure is that traveling has always filled my soul it's always given me happiness and that's something that I'm glad I always did because I have countless of stories I've done so many things I've learned so many things and like that's something that I've never regretted so definitely advice that I would give to everyone is that traveling like travel as much as you can like even if it's to the next town over even if it's to the next state over or even if it's to the new restaurant that just opened up up the highway do it travel as much as you can because I'm telling you it's such a fulfilling experience And for me, it's very addicting. It's like, I will go on a trip, be very much in the moment in that trip. And the moment I'm like on my way back home, I'm already on my computer Googling the next location to hit. It happens every single time. I I don't even know what else to do at this point. Like, I love it so much. And I will always be an advocate for anyone who is willing to do it. Like, do it as much as you can. Can't stress that enough. Sorry, I could go into onto a whole tangent on the topic, but that's advice I'm glad I took was to travel as much as you can and travel while you can, while you're still young, while you're still healthy, while you still have the money. And even if you're not young, do it anyway. Fuck it. Who cares? My mom in her 50s is finally going on her first cruise. Amazing. I love that. And I'm so excited for her. She's going to have the best time. But anyways, my friends, that's basically the list of advice I'm glad I did take. And if I can give you any for now is don't count the years, make the years count. That is something that I read on a Hallmark card that I've always taken with me. I've heard this quote back when I was in middle school and it's like I read it and like my little brain exploded. Love it. So definitely advice I will take with me. And the other one that I would give is forget your per- forget your purpose, just live on purpose. I feel like for so long in my early 20s, I kept trying to figure out my purpose. What's my purpose? Why was I placed on this planet? Why didn't it work out with this person? Why didn't it work out with school? Why is it so hard for me to focus? Like, I had all of these questions and it was very scary because I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I still go through that now where I'm thinking like, what's my purpose? What am I meant to be doing? And now I'm just like, whatever. We're just all trying to figure it out. There's no right or wrong answer. I mean, sure, there's the right thing to do and then the wrong thing to do. But instead of just like going through life, figuring out your purpose, just live on purpose just do things on purpose you think my purpose was to be on youtube and to have a podcast i don't fucking know but i'm gonna do it anyway was my purpose to go to to go to school i mean lord knows i failed so many fucking times how many classes i repeated how many semesters i've retaken how many breaks i've gone and then go back to then go back on like was i meant to go to school was that my purpose 
I don't fucking know, but I didn't give up and I'm not going to give up. So that's my advice for you is to don't count the years, but to make the years count and to forget your purpose, but just to live on purpose. And that's all I will say to you, my friends. I love you so much. Thank you again for supporting me and watching me on YouTube and listening in every Mondays, new episodes every Mondays. Don't forget to catch me on Instagram at Nicole Asev and my podcast Instagram account at Hold Up Let Me Explain. And that's it, my friends. I love you and I'll see you next time. Thank you.